welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 15th of May 2016, entitled, A Nation Exalted. And the Bible reading is taken from Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Here's Brother Daniel Alexandru. Praise the Lord for uh, this uh, wonderful evening when we can be together in the house of the Lord. We can praise uh, our God our risen Savior, together. Uh, we could have been in uh, lots of different other places, like uh, hospital, for example, or some other places worse than that. At least in a hospital you get some uh, attention from uh, nurses and doctors, and they assist you there. But uh, if we're in a ditch or some other places, forgotten and forsaken, Praise the Lord, we are not there, and we are here, and we can praise uh, the Lord together here. And we can uh, open the Bible, that's a blessing to be able to open the Word of God, and uh, read from the Word of God, and ask the Lord to help us uh, through His Holy Spirit to uh, be able to practice whatever God has for us. Amen. I have a message entitled The Nation Exalted for this evening. Uh, and I would like for us to uh, stand and read a verse in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. So let's honor the Word of God, the reading of the Word of God together. And open our Bibles to Proverbs uh, chapter 14, verse 34. And uh, the preacher says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we come before your throne of grace and mercies, and we just ask you to uh, have mercy on us, to come and meet with us. And Lord, through your Holy Spirit, make this... uh, word fruitful in our hearts. Help us to be not only hearers, but doers. Help us to to live a life that will honor you and will bring glory to you. Please each and everyone that is here tonight, speak to our hearts, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We live in a nation, it's called Great Britain. The name is Great. We hope Britain is great. But the Bible says that if a nation is great, it's great because that people live in righteousness. Not because it conquered lots of territories, not because it has a strong economy, the fifth strongest economy in this world, not because it has a great army or good industry, but because the people live in righteousness. That's what the Bible says. And we hear a lot about Great Britain nowadays with the EU and UK going together or separate. And we have different opinions about that. The Bible has only one opinion. If we want this country, if we want this nation to be great, 
We need to start living a righteous life. Not only you and me, but the whole city, but the whole nation. The Bible says that our happiness is bound to the happiness of the city. If we are just a few people here and we live in righteousness, can we expect God to make this nation great? I think of a great character in the Bible, in the Old Testament. We heard about him this morning. The preacher preached a message about Abraham. And he didn't touch that moment of God going to Abraham and talking to him, having fellowship with him. And God says, shall I hide my plans from my beloved Abraham? He says, no. I'll tell him my plans. My plans are to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And then guess what Abraham does? A righteous man. And he was righteous because he believed in God. And God counted that righteousness. He started mediating for that people. And you all know that he started off with 50 people. Lord, if there are 50 people, righteous people, would you destroy both the righteous and the sinners? And God says, no, I will spare the city. And he goes from 50 to 45 to 40 to 30 to 20. And he dares to say, Lord, if there are 10 people, just Ten righteous people. Would you destroy both the righteous and the sinners? And God says, no, I won't destroy it. Were there ten righteous people in Sodom? No. The Lord says, I'm on my way to check and see if what I heard is true. Don't you think God knew? He knew everything about Sodom. But you see, Abraham was willing to mediate for those sinners who live their lives in horrible sins. And, and if there were ten righteous people, God would have saved those two cities, but they were not. God loves this nation. God loves people because He created them. He created us. But God doesn't love a sinful life. He wants us to turn to Him. And if we turn to Him, let's live for Him. For us Christians, righteous lives is not something we can pick if we like it or not, if it's comfortable, convenient for us. It's a must for Christians. A righteous life is a, lot, a must, something we must do. We must be lights in this world. We must be shining lights, not covered lights, but shining lights. And people should see us living for the living God. 
Our God is a living God. Our God is the creator of this universe. Should we be ashamed with this kind of God? No. He wasn't ashamed to come and die for us and suffer. Why should we be ashamed of him? We should live for him. God says that he knows everything. And the word of God, even here in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Should we be Christians just for one day a week on Sundays? Some lady came to me, a Romanian lady came to me, asking me if I would be willing to help a Romanian lady. Because she's in trouble with her husband, who goes to a church here in Birmingham, a Seventh-day Adventist church. It doesn't matter, you know, anyways, the name, but... He's a good Christian on Sundays, on Saturday, excuse me, because they go to church on Saturdays, okay? He's a good Christian. He takes his Bible to church. He's so quiet, and he looks so nice. Uh, he's well-dressed. Uh, you would never think that uh, he would, you know, do horrible things to his wife. And his wife decided to separate because she could not live with him any longer. And they have a baby. So, you know, we talked and I was, you know, curious about the way uh, she wanted me to help. But finally, uh, I meet her and I say, are you still uh, in this process of separation? She says, no, I, I have changed my mind. Praise the Lord. God is working on both sides. But you see... People, we see Christians, actually, we don't know if they are Christians or not, but at least they say, they profess they are Christians, and we see them having a certain mask on Saturdays or on Sundays, and they show other people that they are Christians. And then the rest of the week doesn't matter the way they behave. The word of God says the eyes of the Lord are in every place. We cannot hide from God. We cannot be Christians just one day in a week or two days, Wednesdays and Sundays. God wants us to be Christians every day. We are Christians because we accepted Jesus, but he wants us to live like Christians every day. Actually, he wants us to live like Christ. He wants us to be like Christ. Can we be like Christ? If we, if we want to be like Christ, we need to look at Jesus' life and copy Jesus. Imitate Jesus. If we look to other people, we won't be able to be like Jesus. Because people are people. Are sinners just like we are. If we want to be like Christ, we need to set Jesus as our example. And we need to put him up somewhere on a pedestal in our lives and look up to him always, all the time, every moment. Jesus said that to be a Christian is not an easy thing. But also Jesus says that we have the Holy Spirit. 
that lives within us to help us. We have the Word of God to help us. We have His strength. Lo, I'm with you always. That's what Jesus promised. And as we, we've heard so many times, God's promises are yes and amen. Never fail. They are not meant to be broken. God never makes promises to break them. He makes them to keep them. In Romania, we have a saying, locks are made to be broken. If you lock your door, in Romania, they say, oh, you locked it because you want somebody to break into your home or whatever, suitcase or whatever you have there. It's not because our people uh, is a thief or um, all we know in Romania is to steal and to take whatever belongs to some other people. But, you know, this is a saying, you know, just going around between some uh, circles or among some, you know, people. But God promises are not made to be broken. God promises are made to be kept. And if we got, if we got, and we got in the word of God so many promises, if we, we, if we got all these promises that he is with us and he's helping us and he will never leave us or forsake us, we should trust in the Lord and live a righteous life. Because this nation will benefit from your righteous life and my righteous life. Let's see what the Bible says about the way we can live a righteous life. Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 in this letter, Paul has so many things to teach us. The book of Romans, chapter 12, he comes to say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, verse 1, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not confirmed to this word, but... Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, Paul is urging us, is beseeching us to have dedicated bodies, dedicated to Jesus, not to sin, not to sinful style of life but dedicated to Jesus. And if we dedicate our bodies to Jesus, we'll have a righteous, we'll live a righteous life. Because Jesus, all Jesus can teach us is righteous things, righteousness, holy things, righteousness, righteousness. There is no sin in Jesus. He cannot... Teach us anything but good. But look at Jesus. All we can see. And as I mentioned the other time, I brought a message. There was a, uh, a show where uh, an Islam teacher and a Christian apologetic had some, actually 
the guy was a pagan. He used to be a Christian here, uh, an Anglican, because he, he was from the UK. And uh, they, they were talking about Islam as a war religion. We see so many conflicts based on religion things, religion issues. And they said Islam is a war religion. And the atheist says, if we go back to Muhammad, the one that started this religion, all we can see is a sinful style of life. He raped a young lady. She was 16 years old. She lived with so many women. She killed you know, so many people. If we go back to the beginnings of Christianity, if we go back to Jesus Christ, all we see is love, love your enemy, mercies, helping people. So the founders of these two religions are so much different. People can look at Jesus. They are not Christians. They are pagans, atheists. And say, all we can say about Jesus is good things. They cannot say the same thing about Muhammad and other people. But about Jesus, only good things. Paul is trying to get our attention not on him, but on Jesus. Dedicate your bodies to Jesus. Bring, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. God doesn't want us to kill ourselves and be a sacrifice for him. We won't be good at all for him on this earth if we kill ourselves. But if we are a living sacrifice, that means we sacrifice things for Jesus. We sacrifice time for Jesus. I don't have time to go soul winning. I, I don't have time to go passing out tracks. I don't have time to, to tell people about Jesus. Yes, you don't have time for that, but you have time for other things. You have time to go to work. You have time to make money. You have time to take care of your body, makeup, clothes, food, everything. But you don't have time for Jesus. That's because you don't want to sacrifice anything for Jesus. But Paul says, we need to bring, we need to present the Lord a living sacrifice. We need to live for Jesus, and that implies sacrifices. The Christian life is a life that sacrifices things. And God promises that if we sacrifice anything, family, friends, properties for him, he will bless us abundantly. Do we believe Jesus? Yesterday I was talking to a Muslim in the street, in the center there, with the other brothers and sisters. And he was telling me that he, he reads a lot of books. I said, I'm glad you read so you want to read this one? <laughs> Finally accepted, you know, my uh, gospel track. But 
he was, you know, praising Muhammad, and I was praising Jesus. <laughs> I said, you respect Jesus? He says, yes, I respect Jesus. Because that's what, you know, Muslims say. You respect Jesus, he's a prophet, but there's another prophet that came after him. I said, yes, but Jesus is a prophet. And if he's a prophet, he doesn't lie. He says, yes, you're right. So I said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I say, doesn't matter what, you know, other books say. If you believe that Jesus is a prophet, you should believe what he said. And if you believe what he said, you will obey Jesus. He didn't say anything. I need to study some more. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Somebody is willing to study some more. I hope he will study about Jesus. Because if he does that, he will find the truth. We need to obey. If we say we love him, we need to prove we love him. And the only way to prove that we love him is obeying him. If we don't do any sacrifice for Jesus, for me, there is no love for Jesus. If you are not willing to quit anything for Jesus, if your life is the same like the one before you claim you receive Jesus. I'm sorry, but I, I don't understand what kind of salvation is that. Because the only genuine salvation God offers is one that changes lives. And the change starts from within. Not from without. Yes. Not all the Christians are mature Christians. They are babies. There are young people, young adults, adults, and so forth. We know that. But in each and every one, we can see. We can see the difference. We can see the change. If there is no change in a life, I don't know what kind of salvation that is. Paul says, bring Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, a sacrifice, a changed life. Because it says, holy. And this is the only way that God will accept our sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. I hear people saying, if I, if I win the lottery, I will give God 10%. They go and steal and come back and say, I will tithe from this money. <laughs> it's not bad that you tithe, but you, know, you don't steal to tithe to the Lord. Or you don't tithe in order for God to bless your next journey to steal some more. God wants us to live a holy life, an honest life, and work with our hands, an honest job. And tithe and give more than tidings to the Lord, give to the missions and so forth. Our sacrifice should be one that makes us more like Jesus. More like Jesus every day. Another thing we can find here to help us live more like Jesus, to help us live righteous lives, is what the same apostle says in the same chapter, chapter 12, in verse 
10, 9 and 10. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. In honor preferring one another. You need to have the right attitude towards the ones that are within this place where we come together and we worship and we call each other brothers and sisters. We need to have the right attitude. And the attitude that is described here is the attitude of love. But do you see what kind of love is this? It says here in verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. So many times we simulate things. We act like we really love people, we really care for people, but we don't care. We turn our back to that person, we start telling people bad things about that person. But when we face them, we smile, we say nice words, nice things about them. Our love towards one another should be a pure love. Without hypocrisy. We don't have to come to the house of the Lord and be actors. At the origin, the, the word actor comes from a word that means you put a mask. You put a mask on your face. And whenever you put a mask on your face, you are an actor. Because you act like somebody else. Nobody sees the real face, but they all see the face you want them to see. The mask. When we come to the house of the Lord, we don't need to have any masks on our face. We need to have our real face with the face of Jesus, the real love, without any hypocrisy. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. It talks about brotherly love. We are brothers and sisters in honor preferring one another. We should prefer having fellowship with brothers and sisters. So many people today, and I have a Romanian, he's a Christian, he calls me uh, once in a while, he talks to me and he says, you know, I once in a while go with my friends, you know, and I, we... We joke there, and, you know, I drink a beer. I don't drink too, you know, like, you know, they do there. Or they even do, you know, worse things. Uh, but, you know, I just have a fellow. What fellowship is that between darkness and light? Is it? Any fellowship? The Bible says there is no fellowship between dark and light. Can you put together... Dark and light and get something? No. In the morning, the dark is gone. At night, the day is gone. It's either day or night. The transition is short. But we either have daylight, daytime, or nighttime. It seems that some Christians like to have fellowship 
with unchristians. And whenever you go and have fellowship with the unchristians, you somehow or another will start laughing at their jokes, eating their food, drinking their drinks, and you forget you should be a salt among them. You should be a light. You are a light, but you are a covered light. And what good a covered light? You have a bushel on a candle. What good is that candle? It's a waste. It's a waste because that flame there, it keeps burning. The candle keeps burning out, but it doesn't help anybody. It's dark all around. Because that bushel is on top of the light. Jesus wants us, and he urges us through Apostle Paul, love one another without hypocrisy. Prefer your brothers and sisters over the unchristians. What do we prefer? Do we prefer coming to the house of the Lord or coming to different meetings where we have Christians, we have Christian music, we have messages, or we have fellowship, or we say, it's, it's too much for me. I'm kind of tired. I want something else. Anytime you want something else, you got to be careful. Because something else doesn't necessarily mean that it's something good. The, the devil is always there to offer you something else. But whatever the devil offers you and me, it's not good for sure. It looks good, but it's not good. It just looks. Just as the appearance. And, and the devil is good at this. He's a master of faking things. Things around. Another thing we can see here in the, the book of Romans concerning uh, us living a righteous life so we can live in a nation that is great before the Lord is have a right attitude towards the ones without. We have a right attitude, a right love towards one another here as Christians, but we need to have a right attitude towards the one that are without. Not here, but without. Let's, let's read verse 18, the same chapter. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all Man, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably. There are times when we want to take revenge. We want to repay. Because another person did something wrong to us. Either said something behind our backs, in front of us, 
or did something wrong towards us and we want to take revenge. The Bible says, the Lord is the one that says, vengeance is mine. Verse 19, I will repay, saith the Lord. As much as life in you and me, we need to be people of peace. We need to live peaceable. The revenge belongs to the Lord. He is the judge. He is the right judge. He can judge everything. And he can repay. And he will do that in the due time. We don't have to be like the world. Yes, Jesus left us live here in this world. But he always said, I don't want you to be like the world. I want you to live here among them. But I want you to be different. So if, if we go to work and something happens and we lose, what should we do? Should we plan something, you know, that the person that wronged us will be punished, will lose the same way we lost, money or reputation or whatever? No. The Bible says that we as Christians should be like Jesus. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. He's the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. But at the same time, He's the King of Peace. Prince of Peace. And if we feel like we need to repay somebody, all we need to do is go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to work our things out because He will and He knows how to do it. And then all that hatred that is in our hearts would be the cross. Our hearts would be released. There will be peace in our heart. And if there is peace in our heart, we can live. Peaceably, we can live a life that is in peace, just like Jesus. We need to have a right attitude towards the ones that live around us. Another thing we can see, and it's really interesting because we live in societies nowadays that don't have God. In their plans. And the Bible says in chapter 13, Romans chapter 13, verse 1 let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. We need to be subject to the authorities, to the civil authorities. And we, we often wonder. If we should obey this government in all things. I read yesterday about a place in the United States, a school in a state, I forget the name of the state, but they are trying to impose a bill now 
to have a toilet in schools for those who are not clear, for those children that are not clear if they are boys or girls. So many things are going on. Homosexual marriages. Should we agree with all these abominations? Because Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed because of these sins, of this abomination. Should we, if the government says that uh, this thing is right, should we say like the government says, yes, you're right, that's right. Just because the government was there because God, God ordained the government and God allowed this government to be there in place. Should we say black is white just because the government says black is white and white is black just because the government says white is black? No, no, we have, we have a guide here. We have a manual. Yeah, some people might say, you don't submit yourself to the government. Yes, I don't. If it's against the Bible, sorry, but I don't submit myself to the government. If the government says, uh, okay, UK, out of uh, the EU, you, EU, European citizens, go back to your places. Should I hide myself and try to stay here? I think I should obey because, you know, this is something that belongs to the government. If they want to be in a union, fine. If they want to be in a different union, it's fine. It's their business. If they want to give me a visa, fine. If they don't want to give me a visa, fine. I can smuggle in. <laughs> yeah. Think, think about this. During the communists in Romania, we had people that were smuggling in Bibles. Was it a sin? According to the communist law, yes, it was a sin. It was supposed to be punished by the government. If they were caught, they would go to prison. But in God's eyes, I don't think that was a sin. When you go into a country and spread the gospel and smuggle in Bibles, not other things, but Bibles, the Word of God, this is a good thing to do. Because we know the prince of the air is the devil. And we don't go by his laws, we go by God's laws. And he has his law here. In this book, the devil tried to destroy the Bible in Romania. When I was 14 years of age, I was just a child, a little bit older than David. And I got saved. I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, I want a Bible. It's the... I was raised, I was born in a Christian family. I was raised in that Baptist church there, but I didn't have a Bible. Because it was hard to get a Bible. So I said, Pastor, I need a Bible. He says, shh, I'll get you one. Nobody has to know. You come at this place and I will give you a Bible. I went to that place the day he told me. And they got me a Bible. It wasn't legal. It was illegal. But in... God's eyes, this wasn't a sin. So this was a good thing to do. To give the Bible to people. It's never wrong. It's always. Even if the government says that. Even if China government says that. Or, I don't know, an Islamic country says that. We don't care what they say. We care about what God says. The word of God. This is the light. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word 
of God. So there are some things that the government says it's wrong. In God's eyes are good. We need to go by what the Bible says. Yes, we need to submit to the government. We shouldn't lie. And we don't lie because the Bible says lie is a sin, not because the government says. We don't steal because the Bible says don't steal, not because the government says don't steal. But because the government has some good laws, we obey them in the light of the scripture. And we submit to the authorities. But whenever the authorities say, authorities say something else, we say sorry, but the Bible is the truth. We go by the Bible. Some Christians, and I know in Romania there were lots of Christians that would compromise their lives and just do whatever the government said in order to have some churches open and preach some kind of a gospel. And they compromised. And just a few were willing to sacrifice. We, we go back to the first point where Paul says, we need to bring our bodies as a sacrifice, as a living sacrifice. Yes, we have to sacrifice many things for the Lord, but it is worth it. First Corinthians chapter 3 says that if we build on Jesus Christ, He's the foundation, Jesus Christ. And if we build precious stones, gold and silver, he will reward us. Whatever we do for Jesus here, yes, it's not easy. It will not be easy. We'll have to sacrifice many things. Probably freedom. One day we'll face, you know, freedom. But if we do it for Jesus Christ, he says that he will reward us. Are you ready to sacrifice anything for Jesus? If Jesus says, this is not good for you. Are you ready to sacrifice that for Jesus? And say, Jesus, just because you say, and because I love you, I will obey you and I will sacrifice this. I won't do this. I won't do that. I won't go there. I won't drink this. I won't drink that. You are willing to sacrifice something for Jesus. You are on the right path. On the right path. The path where the author and finisher of your faith is waiting for you. To reward you. And I think we all need to look forward to that moment. When Jesus Christ will appear will have his rewards with us. And we should all work now so we can get something as a reward from Jesus Christ. Yes, it's not easy to sacrifice things. It's not easy to love with a pure love. It's not easy to have a right attitude towards those that are without. It's not easy to be subject to civil authorities, but we have his help. Philippians 4, 13 says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Do you think we have too many things to do to sacrifice? 
I don't think so. Jesus was willing to give up his glory for you and for me. And I'm not willing to give up anything for Jesus. Do you want this nation to be great? If you do, it all starts with you and me. Live a Christian life. Live a righteous life. And God will bless you and me. And God will bless this nation. Because he says so. And if he says so, he will do so. God will never break his promises. Praise the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this time here in the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful example you set before us. And Lord, help me and help each and every one of us to look to Jesus. And Lord, help us to live a righteous life. We know the future of this nation is not in the hands of the governors, the authorities, of the Queen, of the European Union, but in your hands. And you promise that the nation will be great if they love a righteous life, if they live a righteous life, if they hate sin and iniquities. Help us, Lord. Be those Christians who live their lives to honor you, to glorify you. Help this church to be a light in this community. Help us to love one another with a pure love. Help us to love those that are without with a pure love, going with the gospel to them, telling them about Jesus. Lord, Bless us as we go home and help us be that light. Help us to sacrifice all you want us to sacrifice for you. Because all we want to do is please you. And that day when you come back, we want to see you rewarding us. Help us, Lord, to live a life that will please you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.